is, ladies and gents. Woo! I got a show for you guys today. You got a business? You worried about maybe things disappearing or maybe you don't have the security you need? You got to do some investigations? That's what today's show is all about. So let's jump into it. Let's do this. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Is your business in need of customers? Then you found the right show. Hernan Cias is the business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, ladies and gents, let's do this. Who do we got on the show today? All right, well, boy, do we got a show for you guys today. Today, uh, today's guest is a natural leader, public speaker, results-driven, published book author, relationship builder, facilitator with experience in investigative techniques and interviewing, interrogation methods, corporate human, and competitive business intelligence. Now, his goal is to show you how to conduct a successful investigation in the workplace. This will include workers' comp claims, internal or external theft, as well as how to protect your reputation and to analyze your competitors. With over 30 years of experience, today's guest is jam-packed with knowledge and experience, and I can't wait to learn from him. So let's welcome to the show, Mario B. All right, Mario, welcome to the program, my friend. Hernan, thank you for having me on your show. And uh, thank you for sharing with me the weather in San Diego, I'm pretty sure, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, you know, good morning from Sydney. And listen, I never saw such a good intro like your one honestly this is the this is the best of the best there so thank you for having me on your show Karen. all right I'm, I'm gonna drop another one because really it's it's <laughs> your work it's your 30 years of experience so let me give you a round of applause yeah, thanks. What can I say, Mario? The crowd already loves you, dude. Just- <laughs> That's a beautiful idea. That's so beautiful. Let's go, uh, let's go some time back, man. And yeah. 30 years ago, you got into this space. You were doing I don't know what exactly. Why choose this area of expertise? Why the investigation route? Why are you doing this? Because I want to know. <laughs> I just love this intro. Look, I try to be now the, you know, uh, more... Uh, a professional okay so but i still like it uh, why i'm here why i'm here uh, you you heard that expression henan be careful what you wish for yeah and uh, people don't believe in this but i'm saying always if you wish something very hard and so much it's gonna happen um unfortunately i was growing up in communism and uh, my grandfather was uh, second in charge of communist secret police and he was always telling me I don't want you that field. I don't want you that field. What it happened actually uh, by beginning 1991, I end up in civil war in Yugoslavia. Croatia was fighting for independence. Quite similar what's happening in Ukraine right now. And uh, you know, one thing leads to another. So after the combat, uh, almost 1800 days, you know, my government, my my department tried to position me somewhere. I was very young and sending all this. Uh, you know, glossy schools, which you don't talk about, which is, you know, like Intelligence Academy, uh, counterterrorism, you know, intelligence uh, courses and trainings and 
you know, there are Finnish police academy uh, for forensic investigations. And in that part, you start meeting some of these shady, shady people, right? Which is, they approach you and they say, look, we like to have you somewhere. And deep inside of me, I wanted to be in military uh, security intelligence services. So my dreams come true. Eventually, in 98, I, after the almost nine years of active service in, in, in the war and uh, sometime in peace, I decided to resign. And, you know, you don't resign when you want. You resign when <laughs> they say to you resign. <laughs> so I was 28 years old and 27 years old, I apologize. And I was submitting my papers to resign from military. I wanted to marry. I want to have a kids. I want to have a sex. I want to meet a girlfriend because I was lonely. I was really, really lonely. I was like a unicorn. You know, nobody wants to talk. You know, I mean, and you know that, that was that's that's a sad sad part of the war uh, because you have a parallel life. We had the war on front line, and then you have a life behind the front line where the people live normal life. And somehow the the everything was changing for me. I realized uh, that I'm living the one life which. It is basically just going into battlefield trainings, sleeping, and I want to have the family. So eventually, I, I submit my papers to resign. And in process of me resigning, one day in a coffee shop comes, I was having coffee with a good friend of mine from the service. It comes a beautiful lady, like in a movie scene, and she comes to me with the two guys in the suits, and she gives me a envelope. And like, you know, she was approaching me like I was, it was really, really, she was really attractive lady, but she called herself so professional that I didn't know what's happening. So she gave me an envelope and she said, see you on Monday, 7 a.m. And I'm like, you don't approach me that way. You know what I mean? Like, and eventually I opened that envelope um, and I saw that I'd be invited for the interview in the Department of Foreign Affairs. Like nobody invites you, you know. I mean, for interviews, you know. Um, this is a must show. Yes, and the, the the my friend next to me, he says to me, "Listen, this is not right." You know, I mean, like you know, where we're working and somebody approaching us like this. And after some dramatic, you know, uh, conversations with my with my superior, with my general, I told them, "Listen, this is what's happened." I go on Monday day, and suddenly I I've been entered into the world of diplomatic intelligence uh, the service was called directorate seven uh, which was a uh, country intelligence and security services of the department of foreign affairs of republic of croatia and it took me 12 months of this intensive um, background checks you know the the tests and everything we go into the process and you know at, um, on the 30th of may 98 eventually i resigned from the Department of Defense, and following day, I was in Foreign Affairs and Intelligence. And then six months later, after some certain trainings in some certain schools, I was being sent in Australia. Um, I couldn't believe I couldn't get a further country, like, you know, from Europe to Australia. It's, it's a long time to fly. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a quite extensive traveling. And, you know, being 28 years old, you know, you are full of... Um, hopes and dreams but then i realized very quickly that i wish it so much for this that i couldn't handle anymore that because uh, the work i was start doing it was being independent you were far away from the your 
family, you're far away from the bosses, you know, everything else. And accountability, responsibility was the playing biggest, biggest role. Because in that job, you know, you need to be uh, very accountable for your actions. Mm -hmm. So eventually, Helen, I resigned in 2003. I uh, started my little family. Uh, I got my boy. And uh, that was my biggest driver, my son to start my own business several years later because you know when you start a business you know i was think i was believing that world owes me that world yes. owes me and that was a bad bad premise i was believing everyone's gonna come to me head of cia mario you know head of this or this eventually i ended up as a bouncer that was my first uh that was my first job you know what i mean so then the cleaner and then you know slowly corporate world come gfc GFC smashed all my dreams, you know, lost the family and um, lost the money. So I decided my business. And that's, I realized that market needs to learn what I had from my past. That's basically what it is. Man, you got quite a journey, though. I mean, just your military background alone already sets up a lot of things that you yeah. are aware of that the normal person doesn't even look for, right? I mean, that's number one. Then you spend some time in foreign affairs. You get a whole other idea of what people are looking at and where they're going to go. Yes. Then they ship you to a whole other country. I mean, yes. you've been through it. You are as prepared for what you're doing as you possibly can be. And yet I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that come up. So yes. with your experience and you finally decide to get into your business, if you can explain it to me as if I was like a fifth grader and you're okay. teaching it to a young one, what is it that you do? What do you do? Um, you know, that feeling that you get uh, when you realize someone has taken advantage of you oh, that um, feeling in your stomach that so yes i saw that problem so never happens again and my business uh instant intelligence group which i formed in 2010 it's based on three pillars of the uh, my business it's a three f's first one it's a fear and that's fear of losing money, fear of losing reputation or losing competitive edge. Second F, it's a fight. So my company fight against the fraud, against criminal activity, against theft. And then most importantly, it's a freedom. Freedom of risk or, or conflict to do business without interruptions. So Inside Intelligence Group, we're providing corporate investigative intelligence solutions across Australia. I'm very proud of every each uh, member of my team. It's, it's a quite extensive, big team, almost 200 people across mm -hmm. the field. So they are top-notch investigators coming from corporate world, from government sectors, and we're providing investigative intelligence solutions for our clients, as I said, based on three Fs. Majority, it's a fraud, <coughs> excuse me, insurance claims, surveillance investigations, due diligence and of course we have the uh, educational department which we sharing our knowledge and our expertise with our clients by improving their policy procedures based on our findings through investigation that way they cut the cost of analysis of the risk reviewers assessments because they get uh, factual investigations or surveillance investigation ready with a with a facts finding 
uh, elements and so they can improve their policy procedures. So that's what we do. So it sounds to me, based on what you're describing, let me know if I got it right. Mm -hmm. um, your best employees are going to steal from you a little bit, right? That's always the understanding that I've, I've had when it comes to bringing on. Your job yes. is to minimize what is being stolen. And uh, they get really slick and smart about the things they do. I remember seeing stories about uh, Costco employees throwing things in the trash and then coming back later and picking it up. I've heard stories of, you know, my buddy's going to clock me in so that, you know, yeah. I can get in, I can get in on time. I don't get docked for anything. Right. Yes. I mean, these are smaller things that are fraudulent, but you can, they get uh, immensely major where maybe you're cutting out things out of accounts and siphoning money uh, off to other things. Like there's so many things that can go wrong in a company internally. And on top of that, you're also helping solve things on the external side, right? So protecting things from vendors that come in or uh, checks and balances for processes, uh, security and surveillance to monitor what goes on outside. So I'm assuming these are the types of problems you solve. Is that correct? That's right. They've got a problem here. Yeah, there you go. Those are the problems, right? <laughs> so every every corporation has a, uh, is going to experience that, that financial loss. And as I said, like, you know, that feeling. And when you run your business, the last thing you want to see that your hard work is being uh, diminished by the internal debt. Internal debt is the biggest component in, 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 in retail, for example, when we talk about loss prevention. But we must understand that the fraud, it doesn't happen only inside, but it's always connected outside. And fraudsters, only what they have, it's imagination. They, they don't have that big knowledge about... Uh, about investigative processes or risk management. But what the external process do have, they have imagination, they have the their models operandi. But when we talk about fraud internally, that's where the problem starts because these people, they know the policy procedures, they know the models operandi of the company, how the things functioning. So our job it is, let's say for insurance company, when they send us uh, fraudulent claims that we investigate by collecting the facts and evidence to support their statements or our findings so they can be prosecuted and that you know it is it is it is very sophisticated job and after all Helen we all need to be um, as I say I give big pride to that every each person working for me and I'm working with them because we are not police we cannot be the uh, law enforcement agency we have not this uh, rights by the laws acts and uh, legislations but we need to adapt and adjust ourselves to the market, to the investigative processes by utilizing our resources, which is open source intelligence, you know, the questioning and interviewing techniques. And that's what I'm very, very uh, passionate when it comes to the interviewing, right? This is not in a, in a movies like take the phone book and slap somebody. It must be done and dealt very sophisticated, very methodological. So the data and evidence collected being uh, transcribed into report our clients can go on the court and say this is the findings this is the company we hired as i said my third f it's a uh, freedom so my client doesn't need to concentrate and lose the money and time investigating internally or externally they hired us and i am very proud to say you know we're giving great results for our companies yes and investigations, interviews, it reminds me of a uh, Chris Voss book, like trying to figure out how do you get somebody to move to that next level? Like what is yes. it you have to say? Uh, and, and I'm sure you're implementing a lot of those strategies like on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes. So um, who is the person that you would 
ideally like to work with? You know, is it a, is it a small business? Is it a company? Who is your ideal client? I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Beyond the physical. And physical. Uh, I started with the, with the, with the, with the insurance companies and still this is the my biggest market because not because of the number of the work we're getting but they are keeping me check because they always requiring greatest quality and the greatest uh, uh results the best results possible then we go in the financial sector that's another type of clients the banks uh, and the small businesses of course head and of course we are all start somewhere small businesses bleeding most because they invest investing the most of time and effort people always see money but as you know and you appreciate when you start a business you start almost with nothing or with a little saving so that feeling somebody's stealing from you of course we try to assist those clients as well so there's no uh, business too small too big because fraud is a fraud crime is a crime and doesn't matter what size of company you are we help them the majority of our clients are the corporate sector uh pharmaceutical banking insurance sector uh, pharmaceutical is big for the because of the reasons of the uh, intellectual property theft that's a big thing and uh, mostly it's a retailer as well for the loss prevention so like we externally usually because unbiased unbiased investigation so we have no connections with nobody so again anybody's our client who experienced the problem with the fraudulent claims insurance claims uh fraud at workplace internal theft external theft so we had the um, I had a client uh, last year, uh, which was losing $120,000 of bleeding. It's a, it, it's a one of the big fashion designers, $120,000 per week. I could understand what's happening. So what we did, we done investigation, literally in 72 hours. I was, you know, because the investigation is not what the Henan did, but let's go understand who Henan is or money yeah. it is. That's important that you understand social behavior, background of the people involved in investigation so basically we discovered that a store manager was stealing those bags very expensive bags with a delivery company always dropped the one you know <laughs> per day mm -hmm. somewhere on the truck and eventually found this is being stored in in his uh garage and of course that's a visible from the street because you know when you do surveillance person is very happy selling a garage and my guys oh. are sitting in a car like and uh Look at this interesting. Like, let's go buy this. <laughs> and the people put this on eBay. I mean, like, you know, how stupid you must be. You know, I mean, like to sell eBay or ten thousand dollars on eBay. You know, I mean, and they all have that they I mean, that's so yeah, that's oh. what we have. All right, all right. So before we got started, I asked you about, you know, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? And you mentioned building Mario as a brand, right? And right. for me, that's that's one of my passion points because customer acquisition is one of the hardest things to do, especially if nobody knows that you exist. Um, and I always recommend, my thing is teaching people how to build a podcast, something that looks cool, something that's fun, so that essentially you are talking to a business owner every single day. That's the goal, right? right. That's, the, that's the right. agenda. So that's what we do uh, as, as part of our business model. What do you do to acquire customers? That's a, that's a great question, Hannah. Uh, I'm now in a good position to say, and I'm truly privileged, I can say that I've been referred word of mouth. Uh, first couple is, 
it was difficult. It was difficult. First of all, nobody could understand my English. That was the number one. So that was a struggle with that one. So I need to improvise. So I try to keep short and sharp and shiny. When it comes to the work, you know, you give the best results. It's a written. So usually when I go to client, it is that I explain their need of our services, even they're using someone like our, ourselves. But with the two different caveats, one it is that they have a continuous communication with us. I saw the gap on them in the market that communication once you establish a relationship with the client communication slowly winding down and you know you just get it for work waiting for the work so what we do it is we are uh, always go when we pitch for the work it's that they um, have a communication they know where the cases are who is working on the case what's the eta of the case you know what obstacles we're hitting and uh, they really like it this one Second caveat, what I was when I come into the into the conversation of potential clients, it is um, firstly I'm dressed in a suit, not like now six o'clock in the morning, you know, semi casual, and that's uh, that's uh, given. But it is the point that results speaks itself, and I always stipulate to the client: if we don't perform, if we don't perform, feel free to go. Everybody tell that we don't doing well. And the clients always come back like, well, that's not the way, you know, when we're dealing with it. It's like, feel free because I'm standing behind every single case. And they like it. It's because we always stipulate in this. Your time, your money, it's very important for us. We'll, we'll try every investigation, bring forward as fast as we can, as best as we can in professional manner that your our results forwarded to you and presented be very useful in order to prevent the fraud or uh, to prosecute somebody so that's that's what it is and i don't believe in that saying you know <clears throat> look for the you know for the problem sorry uh, you know get everybody on board look later for the employees you know uh, i think richard branson said that something like this you know i mean you know there's you accept every job and worry for the problems later how you're going to conduct the job right we can't do this you know i know my limitations and i know that always say to client i'm always going to be upfront with you if it's an overload of the work it's going to disturb everything what we do quality of the work what's the point yes. and that's what appreciate so that's that's how i go i go honestly instead of explaining you know you know what we're doing you know it's the best investigation they already know this they want to know that they when they go after work home they sleep peacefully and that's that freedom that uh can do business without interruptions and but at the same time they're preventing fraud they're prosecuting fraud and as they uh cutting the cost and time consume on investigation that's now you thing. said that one of your first problems was you couldn't speak english well and i just want to well now you yeah definitely not but but i want to commend you because you didn't shy away from the communication rather you dove deeper into it so maybe you weren't able to communicate in oral language but you presented everything here's all the findings here's my updates here's what i'm doing so you essentially over communicated and overcompensated for your lack of being able to orally communicate which is essentially what the customer wants not necessarily to have a conversation with you but to stay informed to know That's what the situation is so i can sleep at night right Yes, see, Henry, that's a good one. I come back to the 
great uh, great American um, entrepreneur uh, George Ford. George Ford has been um, put in the court, whether he's ex executive board, and they try to demonstrate that he is not capable to do accounting. And, oh um, yes, yes, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. And yes. that's the same story with me. I was blessed enough. I got opportunities from the people who are even still today my clients, and uh, I was told them. Perhaps I can't verbally explain everything in a way you want to hear it because that's what you're hearing. But here we go, little exotic side of the story. I don't speak like you, which means I'm going to work more harder on our cases. And I hired very good quality people who knows everything. So I was learning as well how to express myself because knowledge was not the problem, experience was not the problem. But then, you know, I took this extra... Um, tertiary qualification. I went for the masters, and you know, when you do the masters on English language, which is not yours, what choices I have, Hernan? I need to learn. Need so to. I told them my clients, yeah. you know, I mean, that's like, oh my god, Mario, it's like, well, I'm doing this not because of me, but because I want to improve my level of expertise of communications. Plus, I had a good coach, uh, his name is Daniel Tolson, who spent with me past four years trying Shout to bring Daniel. Me and Daniel. <laughs> Uh, try to bring me up to speed with everything else. So that was the, my biggest courageous step, as you said, to communicate Hannah, yes. Yeah, are we there? Hello? Oops, sorry. Lost you there for a second. Uh, I'm back. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, that's a good one. <laughs> all right, all right. So, yes, yes. Daniel's been amazing. He brought you up to speed. He got you to the point where yes. now you feel more confident, more confident in yourself and your capability of moving forward. I, I'm pretty sure that's where you went, right? Yes, that's correct. I did, like, look, the, the, the biggest step I did, I said, like, you know, a part of being, you know, uh, look, in every – if you're not born in some country, of course, you're going to expect some hurdles. And that's the same hurdle. People must understand, if you're dedicated to the, your cause and you have a key objective to be, I don't know, great entrepreneur, get businessman, great uh, uh, podcast as a Hernan and Business Bros podcast, you continue doing, you continue grinding. I was doing the same. The difference it is, I believe the world owes me. And when the life hits you a few times, you know, you get a few kicks in your teeth, you realize it's time to understand why this is happening to me. So yeah. humility and, uh, you know, what I mean, uh, being humble was uh, my hallmark, hallmark from beginning and even today. I don't, I always say to people, when you start something, be prepared for a lot of sacrifice, for a lot of learning, mm -hmm. and that there will be a lot of obstacles in front of everybody. And I'm, as again, as I say, if somebody told me, Hernan, 10 years ago that I will have the podcast with you, you know, I'll say he's lying because <laughs> there's a moment in life and you see everything is a dark, right? It's mm -hmm. even Picasso can put the colors, how much you put in black. And then the life changed somehow, you know, I mean, as the, because you put effort, you put time and everything else. And that's my mission. My mission it is to people learn from me, my education, it doesn't uh, resides on a foundations I learned, let's go say in Australia, 
I learned in communism. I was a 14 years old when I left the military school. I was very, very young when I became the young communist, right? Then you have the education in the war, then you have education after the war. So I was truly honored that government I was working for it was investing tremendous amount of money in my education. So I'm happy I can share with the people that knowledge and that experience. Because after all, Hedan, you'll agree with me. Information is the most valuable commodity in business. And that's the my business. I work on information. Yes. Yes, 100%. Information is all, it's everything. Speaking of information, if yes. people want to reach out to you, if they want to work with you, give them the information. How do they get a hold of you? Say hello to my little friend. How can I say hello to my little friend? I love it. Look, for the <laughs> six thirty, half past six in the morning, you know, I'm I'm so uh, full of energy now with interview. Look, uh, people can come on my website www.mariobekes.com.au, and that's going to drive them to the all the platforms and my company, Instant Intelligence, and uh, my books, and uh, you know how they can reach me. Perfect. Mario, before we head out, um, I want to make yeah. sure that I covered everything. Is there any question that maybe I didn't ask, uh, something that you wanted to cover that maybe I missed? Uh, look, I just like to share one more thing before we go. I like to inform everybody that I have no right to share, to tell people what to do with their life and how to live their life. However, I would like to invite everybody to reach for my book blood soccer soil and I learn from my life lessons which are very painful and we all had a painful lessons but my my one way a little bit more different um, I like to people understand that everything it's on in whatever they want to achieve whatever they want to do the only obstacles only engine it's them so thank you Hannah they're at www if you like to reach me, feel free and uh, be in touch with everybody. Mario, you're doing some amazing things, man. First of all, thank you for coming on the show at 6 a.m. Ladies and yeah. gents, 6 a.m. Talk about having a passion for what you do. This guy's getting up at 6 a.m. His time to come on the Business Bros to talk about his business. That's the passion behind what you do, dude. When you do it for so long and you love what yeah. you do, you can't Thanks. stop talking about it. No matter what nah. people try to tell you, it's going on in here. You're talking about it to everybody else. That's just how it works. Mario, uh, one question I got for you, because uh, we're big on video testimonials. Uh, what was your favorite part of today's podcast? Everything. Everything. Like, look, first of all, it's it's first before we were met today, it was professional. You you organized the meeting. You sent me the questionnaires, you know, like and all these preparations. Which preparation is a is a mother of all battles, right? That's not that's not it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a winning uh, uh, formula. But secondly, what I like it is that even before we started, Hedan, you spoke to me, and it's fun, and you ask right questions in right moment. You give the break, and I said, like the best part is being on your podcast because you guys are known. So I, Mario Beckett, invite everybody to come. Excuse me. 6 30 in the morning i invite everybody please come to business bros uh podcast and you're gonna be glad you did it as i did 
Yes. Thank you, Mario. Really appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, it really comes down to, are you creating content? I mean, if you're in business, you don't want to be invisible for very long. So creating content is how you move from invisible to visible. And if you do it consistently, you move into the credible stage. And when people trust you, they will do business with you, which moves you into the profitable stage. That's Dr. Miser's formula, invisible, visible, credible, and then profitable. So if you don't know how to create content, that's why you should hit us up at Business Bros Pod or right there at the bottom of the screen, businessbros.biz to find out how we can help you create content and maybe we can help Mario build his name brand as well. Talking Absolutely. to more people. Absolutely. All right. Thank Mario, you. thank you very much for coming on the thank show. You. Ladies and gents, we'll catch you guys a little bit later. Peace. And we're out. Thanks for watching the Business Bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with the Business Bro, visit our website, www.businessbros.biz, and click on the Need More Customers button, or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz and start getting more customers.